Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and this is the Weekend Edition, where we interview notable people in the world of real estate investing. But first, let's say a thank you to our sponsor. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast is brought to you by International Coffee Farms. Based in Boquete, Panama, International Coffee Farms owns and operates 10 specialty coffee farms. These farms are subdivided into half-acre parcels. These half-acre parcels can be purchased for as little as $18,000. Your land will be managed on your behalf and will be producing positive cash flow in perpetuity. I've gotten to know the principles of International Coffee Farms over the last several years, and they run a quality operation. Have a listen to episode 121 with CEO and founder, Mr. David Sewell, where we talk about investing in coffee farmland in a safe, diversified offshore investment. Find out more by visiting internationalcoffeefarms.com. That is internationalcoffeefarms.com. Welcome back. We have a special guest today. Welcome to the show, Tom Lonnie. Hi, Victor. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Tom, you got into the world of financial planning and maybe give us a little bit of the backstory. How did you identify even that market need and what drew you into that particular line of work? Absolutely, Victor. So I was in the music industry for 29 years. I was a professional recording engineer, producer, and mix engineer. And during that time, I came across a string of financial advisors who were giving out fraudulent information and bad information. And I think that honestly, they preyed on people in the music industry because the overall general lack of financial um, just wherewithal. I mean, it, it was a group of people that were easily taken advantage of, and I fell into that camp as well. And one of the things that happened was a financial advisor who actually later found himself in jail for eight years because he defrauded a bunch of people, did tell me to go out and get a disability policy specifically on my hearing so that I could ensure my ability to work and make a living. And so that was the one good thing he did. The rest of it was terrible advice, but the one thing he told me was to do that. So I went out and did that. And then uh, probably about four, a little over five years ago, that is what sort of saved me because I had this hearing problem in one ear, was no longer able to do my job that I was doing for 29 years of mixing records. And so I decided, hey, I'm going to really research everything I can about the world of financial planning because I want to understand what I had been lacking in so greatly over those 29 years. And so what I did was I went and decided to become a certified financial planner. And that is a multi-year long process of going through all of these courses. And at the end of it, I realized that I really didn't believe what they believe. I really didn't believe what they were teaching. And the general core of what traditional financial planning is teaching is to give someone else your money so that they can manage it for you and hopefully everything will work out in retirement if everything goes exactly right. I wanted to do something different. Very interesting. So definitely not your standard career path into financial planning. For no, sure. definitely not. So how do you practice within the confines of what seems like a somewhat regulated industry and still provide a service that is, let's say, differentiated in the market. So many financial planners, and and I don't work with one because I've, I've felt it's just been a feeling that 
their their goal is simply to maximize their commissions with my money and or sell me a life insurance or you know something like that and right. I, and i think there's so much more to financial planning than that but it seems to get reduced to that right. and maybe you know if you're a government employee and and you're you know you've got a pension and all that kind of stuff and you know you're trying to stick within that straight and narrow maybe that's fine but but that's not me and and i suspect most entrepreneurs, most musicians, most people in business, that's not them either. They're looking for a different breed. Talk a little bit about that. So that is very, it's very interesting that you bring that up because that is generally the feeling I get as well is that, okay, we're going to quote unquote do a full financial plan for you, but then it turns out to be we just want to sell you some products. Okay. And that is, uh, it always left me cold and it, is something that I totally didn't agree with. So what I tried to do is start thinking, who is the group of people that really wants to be in control of their money? Okay, people normally just wanna give their money over to somebody else and let them manage it for them. That's the traditional uh, financial planning and people who want to be in control of their money, I found after a few years of working in this business are real estate investors. So that is who I work with are people who want control, access, liquidity, all the things that they need. Because if you have an opportunity in real estate and you have access to capital, then you can get a deal done. See, that's interesting because most financial planners, you approach them and they will, like you said, try and sell you some product because they'll sell you this mutual fund because they can make a commission on it. They'll sell you this other life insurance policy because they can make a commission on it. You go buy a 200 unit building, they don't make, they don't make any commission. So they're not going to advise you to do that because it's not in their financial interest to do that. Why does it make sense for you? And again, why is this different? Okay, this is different because I came up with a strategy that basically works by interestingly me reducing the amount of commission that is paid to the greatest degree possible so that more of my clients money can be working for them and the way that i'm doing that is just by specially structuring these policies that i work on that allow you to save money through an insurance company versus saving money in a bank. So most in, most real estate investors have to have some seed capital somewhere. And the question is, where are they storing it, right? Where are they saving that money so that they can take advantage of an opportunity when it comes up, when there's an opportunity available to them? Oh, very interesting. That's actually fairly clever. So it gives you the ability to ma help them manage their liquidity without them necessarily having to quote unquote invest with you per se. Exactly, so I'm not managing their investments at all. I'm managing the efficiency of their money or helping them manage it, the efficiency of their money so that they are able to access it and not lose an opportunity, but, but have it stored or saved in a place that's much, much better than a traditional bank with the same or better safety factors. Oh, how interesting. One of the things that uh, I often see, off, you know, real estate investors, real estate developers often go out to s try and secure debt. Uh, and of course, insurance companies also lend on real estate as well. Do you get involved in that side of the equation as well? Well, so far, what I've been working on is just helping people create this, their own, what I call a privatized banking system, and then having them 
getting them connected with people like you and others who really know the deep dive details into what to do with their money in real estate. But right now what I'm doing is helping them make the most efficient use of their money while they're waiting on that opportunity to come along. So really more towards the passive investor as opposed to the active uh, business owner who's going to be developing in real estate. Yes, but I do work with real, with business owners as well because business owners oftentimes need access to capital as well just to be able to reinvest in their business. So I work with both real estate investors and small business owners. That's awesome. So, so Tom, we met on the Investor Summit at Sea. Yep. And what a great environment that was. It was an absolutely epic uh, 10 days where we got to rub shoulders with some of the most notable people in the world of real estate investing, you know, leading authors, guys like Robert Kiyosaki and his wife, Kim, uh, the list of celebrities goes on and on. And what, what were some of the major takeaways that you took away from, from the summit? What were some of the, uh, how did it help you with your business? I'm kind of curious about that. Well, I absolutely loved the summit, first of all. I thought it was amazing. I've already signed up to go on it again next year. It's kind of one of those things where once you do it, I think it's just almost impossible to describe what it actually is. But but my major takeaway is, is that just being able to expand your network by meeting these amazing uh, this amazing group of people and being able to um, just sit down with them and talk on a real basis, just a one-on-one basis for hours at a time sometimes and being able to, that's the value that I took away. I loved what was being said from stage, but what I really, really loved was just being able to meet and get to know people behind the scenes. I, you know, I had very much the same experience and this year as compared with last year, there was a lot less classroom time more networking time. It still didn't feel like it was anywhere near enough. And I was thinking, man, you know, 10 days, it's a lot of time. And then it flew by and it's like, oh man, I didn't even get to spend enough time with a lot of the people that I wanted to see to people to reconnect with. And it just flew by way, way too quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. I was amazed at how fast the time went. I really was. And I know you've done a bunch of work over the last little while focusing on how you market your business. Yes. And, uh, Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, and it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether it's uh, the music industry, real estate, whatever, a lot of people don't understand clearly how to position themselves in the marketplace. Tell us a little bit about some of that journey that you've been on. Absolutely. So I've been studying this um, marketing framework concept that Donald Miller came up with called StoryBrand. It's the StoryBrand framework. And I love the way that his filter of being able to help you explain what you do through the lens of storytelling. And what he talks about in this that I found so powerful is that you really want to be positioned as a guide instead of a hero in this story because, and it's totally true, I'm trying to help people, guide them along the way. I'm not trying to come in as like the genius hero kind of man behind the curtain. I'm trying to be the guy who helps you understand how you can most efficiently use your money. And also there has to be a very clear problem to solve. And the clear problem that I am solving for people is helping them mitigate uh, lost opportunity cost. Because if you don't have access to your money when you need it, 
then the deal is going bye-bye. Whatever that is, it's going out the window. And I, I love the clarification of that for me personally, helping real estate investors and guiding them and helping them realize their vision in real estate. This, yeah, this is the classic hero's journey. So yes. if you think about, for example, Sir Edmund Hillary summiting Mount Everest, hmm. you're not Sir Edmund Hillary, you're Tenzing Norgay, the Sherpa who helped him summit Mount Everest. And today, of course, they both get equal credit, although at the time, Sir Edmund Hillary was the hero and, and Tenzing Norgay was, was kind of in the background. But it would have never happened without the two of them together. So when you're working with your clients, you bring that expertise because you are a real estate investor yourself. You are credible in your own right, but you're not the center of attention. They're the center of attention. Exactly. Interestingly, tying this back to my former career in music, my whole um, thing that I was doing was guiding artists and helping them realize their vision. That's what I did, and I'm doing the same thing now, only helping real estate investors and guiding them and helping them realize their vision in real estate. That's fascinating. It, yeah, because it is exactly the same thing. It is. Just a different medium. Tom, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how, how can they best do that? So I have a website, stressfreeplanning.com. That's www.stressfreeplanning.com. And all you have to do to learn more about what I'm doing is put your name and email in and it gives you access to a free series of training videos that I have that is very clear, concise, and edited down as much as I can possibly get them so that you can get my message clearly. And then if after watching those, you want to learn more, then you can just book a time to talk with me. Well, Tom, it's great to connect in person. It was great to connect with you first on, on the Investor Summit at Sea. I know I'll see you again there next year. Tom, thank you so much. For our listeners, uh, definitely reach out to Tom. Uh, repeat that website one more time. Stressfreeplanning.com. Stressfreeplanning.com. So definitely go visit Tom, stressfreeplanning.com. Have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 